What's up, guys? It's Brittany, and welcome to One Hot Mess. Today, we're going to continue to read more of the book, Don't Fucking Panic. This section is called Don't Be Sad, Go Get a Tattoo, a a TikTok proverb. Okay. Kelsey's tattoo, all of which she got during sore mental health spots in her life, include an Italian quote on both sides of her hips that loosely translate into saying life is beautiful and live with love. And she got both when she was 17 and definitely wanted to kill herself. She did not want to live, laugh, love, or think life was beautiful at all. A Beatles quote on the inside of her lip. Yep, you read that right. That says, let it be. She still thinks liking the Beatles makes her vintage and cool. Another Beatles quote on her ribcage that says, you may say that I'm a dreamer. She actually likes this one, despite John Lennon being in an absolutely toxic relationship with Yoko Ono when he wrote it. A Woodstock symbol on her inner left foot she got when she was 18 because she was born on August 16th, the same day of the Woodstock Music Festival's midpoint during the Summer of Love in 1969. Her dad attended the festival, and they both share love for the music that was played there. The letter M on her inner right foot, because the letter is a significant recurrence in her life. The woman who raised her is named Marie. The tattoo artist who did it said it is ugly. (laughs) A giant-ass lion head on her ribcage that she got completely on a whim during an episode of her BuzzFeed podcast, Adult Shit, with her co-host who was getting her first tattoo. Kelsey really identifies with being a Leo. A triangle on her left elbow, which is a matching tattoo with her best friend, Lacey. It represents water and fire, depending on how her arm is bent, which are the zodiac elements she shares with Lacey. They got them while drunk on Hollywood Boulevard at three in the morning and barely remember it. Kelsey's tattoo artist pressed way too hard into her skin, so now Kelsey's looks like a blurred smudge of dirt (laughs) on her arm. On her left tricep, she has her birth chart tattooed, which she got on her 29th birthday in Barcelona with her sister after an amazing chart reading session. This is probably the only one she got sober and in a decent mental health space. All right, next chapter, masturbation and depression. Okay, my favorite chapter. I masturbate a lot when I'm happy, bored, hungry, but especially when I'm depressed. Despite the taboo, shameful religious shit that's attached to giving yourself a rub, our society society is finally starting to see masturbation how it should be seen. 
as an act of self-love. Dare I even say it, self-care. Self-care is a funny term that gets flung around a lot these days on Instagram. It looks like a bubble bath and your favorite green tea mask, but self-care also includes the hard stuff, no pun intended, like cutting off a toxic friendship, forfeiting a day's pay for a mental health day, and jerking it when you just don't feel when you don't feel up for it. Naturally, your libido might feel decreased when you're in a state of depression, which is all the more reason to tap into that self-love aspect of the act and tell yourself that you're doing your brain a damn favor. There are so many benefits to masturbating. It has both physical and mental benefits, and these include greater sexual desire, feelings of pleasure and satisfaction, improved mood, greater relaxation, relieving stress and anxiety, easing stress-related tension, releasing sexual tension, better sleep, a greater understanding of your body, a better connection to your sexual preferences. Fun fact, some research suggests that regular ejaculation may lower the risk of prostate cancer. Though doctors aren't exactly sure why, a 2016 study found the risk of prostate cancer decreased by 20% in men who ejaculated at least 21 times a month. A a 2003 study also discovered a similar link between frequent ejaculation and lower prostate cancer risk. Masturbating also releases those feel-good chemicals in your brain, dopamine and oxytocin, which are just the right substances you need to replace those feelings of anxiety and depression. Masturbating also forces a sense of mindfulness to be present in your body instead of too much in your head. Also, it's empowering as hell. Oh, one really good orgasm can explode those fireworks of happy brain powers, showing you the badass self-love goddess slash god slash powerful being that you really are. And just like sex, there doesn't need to be a climatic firework exploding confetti popping orgasm at the end, it's a good reminder too that your body can just feel good even if you haven't felt like yourself for a while. Okay, next chapter, section, whatever is the five givens of life that we have to accept to reduce suffering. According to some dude named David Rico, Okay, I remember being on my own for the first time when I went off to college and thought, wow, adulthood. I was 17, living in an off-campus apartment paid for by my parents, smoking weed to my heart's content every day. This is not my adulthood. Adulthood is filled with struggle and dust and bills and crying. I wish I would have known about these givens sooner. These five givens are presented as rules to accept as you enter adulthood. It's not meant to feel bleak or dreary, but realistic. And the sooner we all accept this, I believe the less struggle, dust, bills, and crying will come. Number one, everything changes and ends. The sooner you can teach yourself to yield the changes instead of resisting them, the less you will find yourself disappointed by life. Things don't always go according to plan, I know. 
I know this is a big one because we're learning how to let go of control. But if life went exactly according to plan, it would be boring as shit. Number three, life is not always fair. Evil will prevail. Bad things will happen to good people who don't deserve it. It's okay to have imbalance so that it forces you to recognize and shape your morals to make you give a shit about something outside yourself. Four, suffering is a part of life. Ugh, I hate this one, but the truth is, without suffering, we wouldn't know how strong we are. And trust me, you are stronger than you think you are. Five, people are not always loving and loyal. You're going to get fucked over. You're going to get your heart broken. It's just facts. But remember, the best way to flex on those shitty people is to love yourself more than you had wished they loved you. Okay. Depression and creativity. This chapter is something I have to read over weekly. I host a podcast, make weekly internet videos, and star in comedy television show, and now I'm an author. I can't be on all the time. Trust me, I've tried. Red Bull, cocaine, coffee, it all gets exhausted eventually. I beat myself up when I don't think I'm being funny enough, creative enough. I strive to make each episode of the podcast better, funnier, and more successful than the last. I find it easy to throw away all the successes and impact I'd created before just based on numbers. I had to unlearn that thinking downloads don't mean shit compared to someone sending me a DM thanking me for being open enough about a certain topic that they were able to take something away from that made their life easier. The depressed artist is so not a necessary look to be successful anymore. You are enough as you are right now. Say it. Stick it to your mirror. Write it on your hand like Taylor Swift. Remember, in times of depression, you are more than what you make. You are more than your career. Your productivity doesn't not, does not determine your value. It's okay to do nothing sometimes. You got to recharge those batteries, baby. And once they're full, you'll get back up and get after it. Not everything you do has to result in a successful end product. You can just make things for yourself too. For instance, I got, a, I got super into gardening during the pandemic of 2020. I didn't make it so people would walk by and compliment me on my hard work. In fact, the garden wasn't even visible to the naked eye. It was hidden on the side of our building. I made it because I realized the longer I was in the garden, the less I was on my phone. I fell into a rhythm in the garden. It pleased my OCD tendencies to lay sod. Watering the bushes was a repetitive movement that soothed my ADHD symptoms. It gave my heart something to care about when I planted a new flower. This was art. I was creating it, just not the kind I was used to creating. And guess what? Some of the flowers died and like all the herbs and a fiddle fig. But I reminded myself that, Kelsey, you have to know that not everything you make will be important or impactful or significant or even good. 
hell, it might actually be bad. But it's not the product we make that matters at all. It's what we do with the results. So I threw out the dead weeds and planted way easier plants, succulents, and spearmint. Do we celebrate ourselves enough? If you bought this workbook, then probably not. But you are working on it. And that's the most important thing. You're doing something with a result of depression. Look at you. That's what matters. Try to be in your stands of your own game of life. Cheer yourself on. Your game is you versus you. Play your hardest. Give yourself the best coaching. Take water breaks. And when you're done, leave it all on the field. And then there are two questions, and they are, what creative endeavor do you not give yourself enough credit for? And what's something creative you can do for only yourself to enjoy? Go do it. Order the supplies online. Go to Michael's and get it. It'll be waiting. I'll be waiting to not see what you made since this is something only for you. No tagging, no posting, no TikToking. Just create whatever your heart is calling you to make right now. Okay, guys. So that's all I'm going to read right now. But we will start the next chapter called Therapists on the next couple episodes. But thank you so much for listening. You know I appreciate it as always. Please make sure to hit the follow button. And have a beautiful, lovely day, guys. Bye.